Welcome to Communion House Podcast with Pastor Moses Anderson, a ministry raised by God for the rebirth of the early church, with a strong commitment to seeing others rise and shine as in those days. Get ready for this timely teaching and encouraging word. Let me tell you something. Let us say the truth and let the devil be ashamed. It is merchandising of the gospel to charge money to come to a conference where you are preaching the gospel. I don't care what your expenses are. They're not your expenses. They are his expenses. And he has always paid his dues. And let me tell you something. God does not ask you to do a thing without first of all providing the resources. And so let me tell you something. I know that there were several conferences this weekend and I'm saying to those of you online as well. You don't have to like me, but I want you to love Jesus. You paid to go to that conference. Let me tell you something. They wronged you. They robbed you. And you allowed yourself to be deceived. We had a conference in this same town that was free. Come as you are and be blessed. And truly people were blessed. Let me tell you something. My wife and I, we watched a recap of one of those conferences that people paid for. In fact, the people that couldn't make it, they charged their money to watch the stream online. Now, somebody says, wait a minute, if you don't have anything else to say, stop bashing other churches. No, Paul says, I don't judge the world because I'm not amongst them. He says, but amongst you, you are my brethren and I will judge you for the Lord commands me so. Paul says, I will, if you are named by the name of God, I will not let you shame the name of God. This nonsense has gone on for far too long. Shame on you, the ones who charged money. For people to watch your conference. My wife and I watched a recap of one of those conferences. And guess what? Their words were without power. Because let me tell you something. You cannot serve God and mammon. The moment you elevate mammon above God. All the power you have is the power of money. Not the power of God unto salvation. That is the reason why they keep recruiting motivational speakers from different sales industries and multi-level marketing and send them to some temporal Bible school just so that they can give them the vocabulary of scriptures and they parade them in front of us. The Lord is exposing the evil that is going on in the church. One of the most famous pastors, so-called pastors amongst the youth today was a sports commentator and they found out that he would do better if he was preaching the gospel and they gave him lingo of the scripture and right now he's parading himself as a clown in the name of God, shaming the power of the gospel. But at the end of the day, nobody can shame God. They will be the ones to be shamed at the end of the day. We know you because the Lord has exposed you. And every single time you charge money for those conferences, you are only showing yourself to be an agent of darkness as opposed to be a servant of the kingdom of God. I say that without any fear of controversy, simply because this is the reason why I live to declare the work of God and to speak what is in the mind of God. And I'm not going to keep quiet and let y'all continue to rubbish the name of God. Now, let me ask you, oh dear friend who is charging money in the name of God, why? Why? When did Jesus do that? When did Paul do that? Do you know something my brother challenged me on one day? My brother said to me one day, he said, he mentioned one of these pastors who charges money for his jet fuel as a minimum deposit before he speaks at your conference. You have to pay for his jet fuel, his hostesses, his crew, his security, at the minimum about $40,000 before they even accept to put you on the schedule. And my brother said to me, he said, when this guy shows up in heaven and he meets Apostle Paul, what will that conversation look like? 
What did Paul say? Paul said that for the sake of the gospel, we became poor so that you might be rich in righteousness. But these people, by the gospel, have become fat so that you can stay lean in righteousness. Do you think they will make the same heaven? No. No. You know what the... Say that again. Oh yeah, and we... And we gave gifts to those who came. Yeah. Praise, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. Freely have you received, therefore freely give. Now, let me tell you something, folks. We are at the time of the great falling away. A lot of the people that have the mark of the beast right now, a lot of the people who are so-called ministers who have taken money to suppress the truth, who are promoting a solution that is contrary to the work, word of God, who are diminishing the power of God to heal and unto salvation because they have been paid. You know what Jesus said? He says there is a special place in hell for the ones who cause the least of the brethren to err. Because what they are doing is they are using their fame and their platform to cause the least of the brethren to sin. Let me tell you something. A couple of years ago, a couple came to me, newlyweds, and they were asking for counseling. And my wife and I said, okay, we'll get you on the schedule. We'll start to counsel you, which by the grace of God, we have never charged half a penny to counsel anybody. Marriage counseling, weddings. Somebody asked me the other day, was like, how much do you charge at communion house for weddings? I said, freely have we received, therefore freely do we give. We do not charge to conduct weddings. We have never charged and we will never charge to conduct weddings simply because it is a joy for us to be a part of the fulfillment of the word of God and the lives of others. Why should we then charge for that? Why should we put a barrier before the cross? And so this couple came to us and we were just about to begin their marriage counseling and then the guy didn't show up. And I said, what's going on? You've counseled out on us once, twice. We're ready to counsel you. We're busier than you are. And we're making the time, but you're not showing up. He said, oh, say the church that we go to, they've asked us to come and do a paid internship program so that we can learn how to preach the gospel. I said, say that again. <laughs> They're asking them to do a paid internship so that they can learn how to do the ministry and how to preach the gospel. But they have to be the ones to pay to come and learn. And he said, so because of that, I've got to get a second job. Because they put it on their credit card and they have to pay back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, like, like Manuelita reminded us earlier, what you don't have, you don't give. You understand what I mean? And let me tell you something, they're trying to shut us out. I saw a post the other day, somebody was like, all you pastors who have nothing else to say but to bash other pastors, why don't you just go and sit down? I am not bashing anybody. I do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But what I am addressing is the deception that has gone into the world through the instrumentality of these people who themselves are deceived. You saw what happened after around the time of the Donald Trump election. Majority of those so-called pastors and TV evangelists banded together with one voice to say that the election was going to go in his favor, that he was going to remain president, that he was going to be sworn in. And they said that they saw him being sworn in. They went on all of their TV stations to say that. And, and the Lord said to me, he says, these are the prophets that I was talking about through the mouth of Ezekiel. He said, because of the fact that they have exalted an idol in their hearts, I have put words in their mouths to cause them to be put to shame. He says, they will say and it will not come to pass because it is not of me. 
And the Lord said it's because they have exalted an idol in their hearts. We know what that idol is. That idol is mammon. Matthew 28 says that the, the soldiers of the temple took money from the high priest to suppress the truth of the resurrection. And we're living in those times. Wherein they want to pinch every money from you. Now the same church that is asking you to pay to come to their conference has $22 million in their bank account. And they're still charging you the list of the brethren. When the Bible says lift up the arms that are weak. Let me tell you something. I am officially declaring to you the season that we have come to as the body of Christ. The Lord said to me, he says it is time for you to stop the defense, the no fence, and go on the offense. We have been playing defense. We have been defending, oh, you know what, they need to pay for those seats. Oh, we have been defending Satan. He says, we have get off the defense. And we have had no offense. And what does it mean? There is no distinction between us and the world. There is no offense. The motivational speakers in the world are charging you to come for their conference. And these so-called people too are charging you to come for the conference in the name of God. So what is the difference? There's no difference. They're the same people. They're just operating in two separate environments, but the same industry. And that is, the, is, an enter, is a form of entertainment industry. A lot of those motivational speakers that you listen to, that they say they teach you how to become a millionaire in four days. How many people have they raised? They just want to sell books. And then you come to church and they're doing the same thing. We have had no fans. And the Lord said to me very clearly, he said, I want you to go on the offense. Do you know why we stand a lot at communion house? Because we're going to have to see the Lord for the long sermon. Not quite. But the reason why we stand, the reason why we stand a lot is because we're at night. This is the night for this dispensation. This world system is about to end. This is the night times that Jesus was talking about. And David prophesied about the night times. He says, come bless the Lord you servants of the Lord who will stand by night in the house of the Lord. We stand a lot at communion house because we are those soldiers of the cross. Soldiers don't sit around a lot. They stand. You all know my story. I was going to go in the Navy. They didn't take me. I was going to go in the Air Force. They didn't take me because I'm flat-footed. They said you can't stand for too long. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because I'm already seated in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I am in the Lord's army. They didn't take me. I was sad for a little bit. But then after I saw my friends who went in the army, after one year, I didn't recognize them again. They shaved their heads. Their necks were longer. They had no more taste for the good things of life. I started to thank the Lord Jesus. I'm like, wow, thank you, Jesus. I would rather be in your army because I still recognize myself somewhat. But I say this again, folks. We are shifting gear to go on the offense let me tell you something the bible says when they say there is a casting down you should say there's a lifting up we have come to such a time when we can't just continue to let them be the ones speaking because the power is in our mouths and if we don't say anything david said in silence my bones grew weak within me look at what happened when goliath was threatening the people of god not a word was spoken against what goliath was saying and that was the reason why the army became weaker and weaker and weaker. Do you know that there were some people on that day who were in the lineup that Goliath defiled that ended up becoming a general in the army of David who single-handedly took out a clan of giants? 
but they did not know they were strong until the man of God came and he spoke the truth. Goliath kept saying, is there anyone amongst you who would come? I've heard about your God, but look at him today. He didn't come to work. You say you have this God, but look at you. You can't even stand up and fight one man. Goliath said, I am one man. Even though it was almost like four men. You see what I mean? But nobody responded. How was the battle won? David came and he was not going to be silent. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine or Philistine who defies the God of the armies of Israel? He says, today I'm going to bring you down like a dog and I'm going to feed your body to the birds. And by that time, the battle was won. The Lord showed me a vision one day, and I shared it with you about a couple of weeks ago. The moment David spoke, the stones started to levitate off the ground. Those stones could not wait because the Bible says God has always said repeatedly that if you don't move, I will raise stones. And because those people stood in line and they did not fight for their God, they did not defend, neither did they go on the offense. The stones were getting ready to go. So David just barely put the stone in the sling and the stones themselves flew. They've had like three days to map out the head of Goliath. <laughs> the stones are ready to go, but you need to put them in your sling. There's one thing that we know. The way the system of the world is going to end is by plagues. Because this last system that is coming is the final beast. This is the last beast that Satan, that Daniel saw. And this is the beast also that, what's his name? John saw. Daniel saw the beast at two different times. Well, at the same time, but two different dimensions. But the same beast. John, the same. And one of the things about this final beast is that this beast that is called the government or the system of the Antichrist is one that is not only trying to take over the world economy and the world um, uh, geography, they're trying to remove boundaries. You see all of this, um, what you see happening in the world today, all of these um, immigration crises that you're seeing, finding hundreds and thousands of people suddenly showing up at the border. It is not accidental. It is intentional. The elites that want to rule us as one world are trying to break down every country boundary. They're trying to erase the republic so that they can build the Tower of Babel once again. They want us to be one world, one army, to recruited to fight on the side of Satan against the Lord Jesus Christ and his saints when the Armageddon continues. Because it has begun. And so, don't, be, don't, don't get it twisted for a second. Don't be mistaken for a second. That is because of the poverty in Haiti. That that is the reason why they're coming to the borders. Don't think it's because of the poverty in North Africa. That is why the borders of the United Kingdom are being, are being infiltrated. These people are recruited and equipped and they've been trained in the desert to withstand harsh conditions. And they are being forced out to break in. Let me tell you something. What they're telling you in the news is not the truth. And you don't even have to worry about it because God has already told you the truth in his word. Well ahead of time. So it is time for you now to choose before they force you to choose. Remember that I have shared with you that the system of this world is a continuation and an extension of the system of Nimrod. And the way the system of Nimrod began in Genesis chapter 10 verse 10 is the way the system of this world has continued to run. But what was the final frontier of the kingdom of Nimrod? It is called the plain of Shinar. 
And the plain of Shinar means the place where you choose between two roads. So what the devil is doing now is bringing us to the point where, where you choose. Do you believe the government or do you believe Jesus? Do you believe the system or do you believe the word of God? And let me tell you something. They will force you to choose if you don't choose before you get to Shinar. We are close to Shinar. We are going to be compelled to choose. The Bible says that a time is coming that if you don't choose the system of the beast by taking on their mark, you will not be able to buy. You will not be able to sell. We have already beginning, we are beginning to see signs of that. And some people still think that all of these restrictions are about your protection. No, the Bible says the thief comes not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If this system and this system of government and system of economy is the right one for you, then why does Jesus need to come back? Think about it. The Bible says there is no salvation under heavens that has been given to any man by which we might be saved other than the name of Jesus. Why is Jesus coming back? The devil made sure of it. That from the 1700s, for about 400 years, he has raised false teachers and prophets to tell us that Jesus is only coming back to rescue those of us who have not been able to fit in. This escapist mentality that the rapture was just to rescue us because we have not really fitted in the world. We didn't make money. We didn't get popular. And Jesus is just going to come and have mercy on us and just rescue us so that the rest of the good people on earth can continue doing their business. The devil made sure of it that we were told not the truth. And he got us so distracted that many of us don't even study the Bible on our own to see that the reason why Jesus is coming is to establish his kingdom upon the earth. To reign for a thousand years it's not a thousand computer years it's a thousand human years that jesus will reign upon the earth and the purpose of the rapture is just to take us up temporarily to give us new bodies that can last that long because as you can tell this body can't last a thousand years it's been only just 40 something years and see what has become of it if you're not convinced ask my wife to tell you a little bit of the story of how i get up in the morning sometimes it's how i slide out of bed because my back is stiff and just some things i'm just not able to do as i used to i used to when joshua was little i used to throw him up read some newspaper and then catch him right back up i used to be able to throw him that high but now when i try to throw william it's me they catch and so this body needs to be upgraded. And that is what the redemption is. Our souls have already been saved. Our spirits are reborn. It is this body that needs to be replaced. So we are being redeemed from this body into the new mansions. Because when Jesus says there are mansions, he's talking about new bodies. You know, because many of us, when we were growing up, we thought we were going to have a subdivision in heaven all to ourselves. I'm still growing up because my wife was like when you were growing up yeah I still believe that until about two years ago or three but when you read scriptures when you read what the apostles were saying they, were, they kept on referring to the new bodies that they will give to us so that we can come back here and fulfill our assignment do you know that there is never a place in scripture not a single place if you find it we will tell you you have not found it from the bible my wife was like how much am I offering this time around oh yeah the last time I offered money to say if you found this in the scriptures my phone blew up that afternoon. People were texting me. Oh, I found it. Where's my $4,000? I found it. I found it. Oh, yeah, even Will was getting texts on my behalf. Or people saying, tell that man to send me my money because I found the answer. So I'm not going to put any money on it, but I'm going to tell you. 
But maybe I should because ever since I've been saying, oh, go and find out this, go and find out. Nobody ever finds anything but Katie most times. When I say, oh, go and study this, only Katie will come back with questions. And say, oh. So, but the moment I put money on it, oh, Jesus. Even people online were like, did I get it? This is my PayPal account. They, so maybe I should put some money on it. You will not find anywhere in scriptures where the Bible says that we will live in heaven forever. How does that make you feel if you're hearing that for the first time? Like what? I thought the Bible says that when we leave this place, we're going to be in heaven. Jesus says you will have everlasting life. Yes, you will have eternal life. But it didn't say you will be in heaven forever because even heaven itself is not forever. Jesus says heaven and earth will pass away, but not a title of this word will pass. The Bible says that John saw the new heaven and the new earth coming from God. God is replacing. God is not going to be in heaven forever. How many of you want to live in the same house where you were born forever? I don't know about you, but as much as I like this house, I'm already looking on Pinterest. <laughs> I'm already getting ideas for the next one because I don't want to be caught, caught, you know, unaware. So my wife says, it's time. Because, you know, women are the ones who know the time. Because Jesus says, no man knows the day, nor the hour. But he didn't say no woman. Because let me tell you something. By default, women are wired to the clock of life. That is the reason why every month their body tells them what time of the month it is. But since you have been here, you and me, do we know what time it is? We need to wear a watch to know what time it is. We are so disconnected from the clock. And that is the reason why we see a lot of 40-year-old men still sagging their pants and walking like they're high. When they're supposed to go and get married, but they're like, I, I'm not ready. No, when will you be? You will never be ready. As a man. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, in reality, women should propose to men. Because men don't know what time it is. You understand what I mean? And that is why, that is why they want to date you forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. You ask the women in here. They used to have somebody that they thought they were going to marry. But then after a while, after wedding and wedding and wedding, and some of them will give you a promise ring. And then the promise ring will start to corrode. It will change from rose gold to red pink. And then after, after you keep complaining about the corrosion, then they give you an engagement ring. And then you keep wearing that engagement ring until the stone begins to crack. And they're still not ready because boys just don't know the time. You see what I mean? But here we are as the body of Christ. You see, before God, there, are no, there is no male, there is no female. But as the body of Christ, we are more presented as female. And that's why the Bible says when Paul was speaking in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says the day of the Lord will come upon the children of the world as a thief in the night. He says, but I don't even have to tell you because you know your season. We know our season. And the season has come for us to recognize the reason why we are here in the first place and why Jesus Christ is coming back. Jesus is coming back to establish his kingdom. Heaven, this earth, will pass away. In fact, this earth is like the Titanic. Jesus described it to Nicodemus. He said to Nicodemus, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he went on to say that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life or have eternal life. What does it mean to not perish? You will not, because this one is already perishing. This world is sinking. 
on a daily basis it is going down and so god is saying look i've already written off the earth the earth is the earth had an accident in genesis chapter 2 into chapter 3 and god looked at the damage and was like no we're not fixing this so they wrote off the earth he says but i have precious cargo on the earth my children and so he sent his angels to go and harvest the field so basically god never made an attempt to save the earth he didn't say for god so love the earth he says for god so love the world that word refers to the collection of the people in it and it's us that he wants to save but he's not going to do it alone he's going to do it with his elect with his anointed the bible says that jesus will come and establish his government upon the earth and we will reign with him for a thousand years over the sons of disobedience so the ones who fail to accept jesus as lord and savior the ones who say fail to be born again guess what's going to happen to them they also will be on the earth but they will be in pain because their bodies will continue to age but they will not die for the bible says death will be withdrawn from the earth that is what eternal damnation is eternal damnation is when your body starts to decay their eyes will fall out their fingers will start to fall out but they will not die because death has been taken from the earth but we will have our new bodies because we are on a special assignment that is what you will find in your bible but you will not find that we will live in heaven forever because heaven itself is not forever heaven will pass away but one thing that we do know is that we will reign on this earth for a thousand years and then after that thousand years is over a new jerusalem will come to the earth and that's where the people of four square gospel mission got their name because the description of it is that it's going to be a perfect cube it's going to be as tall as it is wide and that it is deep that is the new jerusalem and the bible says that we shall be the pillars of that kingdom of that new world so what I am saying to you is this. These governments, well, there used to be governments, but now the world is becoming one government and it is the government of the Antichrist. If you don't believe me, look back to 2020. Has there ever been a time in your life, in mine and in history that all of the governments in the world agree at the same time to do the same thing? The moment you begin to hear the voice of consensus, you begin to hear the voice of the enemy. Because Goliath spoke as one man, even though he represented an army. The government of this world is speaking as Nimrod, even though Nimrod had many princes. But their names were not mentioned because they decided to be one government. And that was why God came down. They said that in Genesis chapter 10. And that was why in Genesis chapter 11, the Elohim came down. They said, if we continue to let them be one, there is nothing they plot to do. What he was saying was there is no evil they plot to do that they will not succeed at doing if we don't go to intervene. And that is why Jesus is coming because the Bible says in Isaiah, Isaiah said what I saw, the Lord made a commitment to me and to us that he will shorten the time in those days. He said, if I don't, even the elect will not make it. Because this government of the beast is so powerful. And the power that it has was given to it by God. Because God needs somebody to demolish the earth. And that is the reason why Satan was empowered. To completely dissolve the system so that it is easy to swipe it away. Or to sweep it off. So Satan is doing his work. You should do yours too. 
And the reason why I'm saying all of that is because some of us in here are still sympathetic with the system, still sympathetic with the world system that Satan is in charge of. And what you're sympathetic with, you cannot strike. And God is calling us to go on the offense. And I'm going to prove it to you. Remember that in Revelation chapter 11, the Bible says the power was given to the witnesses to effect plagues upon the earth. God is the one who brings the plagues. But he wants you to effect the plague. He wants you to be like Moses who stretches the rod to bring the plague upon the earth. But if you don't recognize that this system needs to be plagued, then you're not going to say anything. You're going to continue to plead for them. But Jesus says, don't do that because that's not what I did. In John chapter 17, Jesus says, I do not pray for the world. He said, but I pray for these ones. But many of us are praying for the world. Why are you praying for the world? We need this world to just end right now so that ours can begin. I'm tired of getting permission before I can go to the toilet because the, because the principalities and powers are the ones in charge of, the, of, of, the, of Homeland Security, of NSA, of everything. <laughs> you want to buy a piece of land, you need their approval. Do you know that every month, if, you're, if you have a mortgage, before you pay your mortgage, you need for them to approve that it is okay for you to pay your mortgage? It's not everybody who gets an approval every month to pay their mortgage. They can just say they're not accepting your mortgage and the house is gone. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that we have been made subject to a system of tyranny. But it's for the purpose of letting us wake up to the reality that this is not our kingdom. This is the kingdom of this world. David saw the kingdom that is to come and he prophesied in Psalms chapter 2. He says, oh, I am looking forward to the time wherein the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of God and his dear son. Even David in the Old Testament. And here we are in 2021, we're praying for Pfizer to get better at making jabs. <laughs> you know what? I used to be a nice guy, you know. Yeah, people who know me, you know, you know, you, I used to be a nice guy. I used to be, I used to be a new people pastor at a church. And that was because I was the nicest guy. I was the guy you can always bank on, not to be offended when somebody new comes to church and they have a frown on their face and they don't want to shake nobody. You can bank on me to always make sure that coffee is available, that everybody's welcomed at the door. I will smile from here to here. I smiled for six hours straight. So when I sleep at night, I'm still smiling. <laughs> When I go to work on Monday and my clients are telling me something bad that happened to their service or they lost one of their businesses in East Asia, I'm still smiling. And they're like, sir, did you hear what we just said? I'm like, no, I'm not really smiling. It's just that my face is still recovering from, last, from yesterday. I was that nice guy until the Holy Spirit asked me if I, should, if I can find niceness in the Bible. Niceness is not the fruit of the Spirit. Kindness is. And because I am kind to my children, I whoop them. Because if I'm nice about raising them, they will be spoiled. Because the Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. For when the heart of a little child, foolishness is bound. And the rod of correction is needed to drive it out. That they may live in the path of righteousness and give glory to God on your account. But then if I am nice, say that again. Yeah, the government says, do not use the rod of correction. You just continue to pamper them. Yeah, because the government wants to inherit our children. 
Oh yeah, they want to inherit our children because I mean, at the end of the day, let me tell you something, the most valuable asset in the world is people. And how, how best can you, I mean, you, you win at the game when you catch them young. You understand what I mean? And that is the reason why, you know, the system is designed to take that which is yours all the time. Take your children. What happened to those times when we used to raise our children in the trade that we're already good at so that they can inherit the land that we have been working and wealth can remain in our families? But right now, the moment you give birth to a child, you're required to have a, a birth certificate. And on the reverse of it, it is written as a death certificate. Because every time you get a birth certificate, you're essentially saying this child is a debt that we are paying. Because everyone who has a birth certificate, wherever they have a birth certificate off, they continue to pay taxes to that government all the days of their lives. So what are we doing? We're handing over our children to Baal. And God said to the children of Israel, he says, don't hand your children to Baphomet and don't let them be sent to pass through the fire. And that's exactly what we do. We give our children up to the system. But it's all right, because at the end of the day, if we haven't lived through that, we will not appreciate the kingdom that is to come. The reason why we appreciate the freedom, the true freedom when it comes to rule and reign with Christ is because we have seen the tyranny of man and the hand of Satan. But God is going to allow for us to see the goodness of God in the life of man under the administration of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you ladies and gentlemen, let us shred the fake gospel that they presented to us that you know what, we're just going to one day escape and go to heaven and do what? People have come up with all kinds of strange ideas. In fact, thank God my mom is now a, a, a minister of the gospel of the kingdom. When we were growing up, she used to tell us that, oh, she can't wait to get to heaven when we're just singing and praising God all day. I'll be bored out of my mind. <laughs> Isn't it interesting, Travis, that a lot of the people who say they want to go to heaven and just worship God and just be in those white robes all day and just worshiping, when they come to church after 12 minutes of worship, they're like... <laughs> These people should do something. Time is going. You can't handle 12 minutes of worship. On your own, you don't have a prayer uh, closet. Wherein you abandon yourself before the Lord for 12 hours straight. And yet you want to be in heaven in his presence for eternity. You, that would be like hell for some people. Yeah. Oh, but they're like, no, but we're going to be changed though. Oh, Really? You think you're going to, the moment you are changed to the point where you don't know yourself anymore, it is no longer you who is in heaven, it's somebody else. So I guarantee you, you will still know yourself. You will still desire, deep within you, there are desires that will never fade away. The Bible says it is God that is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Your deepest desires and the very essence of your being will go with you to heaven. It is called your spirit and your soul. It is a new body that you're getting. And then, of course, you get an upgraded mind. I know because the Bible says that we will. You see what I mean? But then ultimately, none of us is being promised that by God. Why are we desiring it? Because they lied to us. I tell people, I was sitting right here while the walls were still white. So it must have been about a year and a half ago or so. I sat here one day by myself. My son was trying to get the camera ready. And the Lord said to me, he says, do you know the greatest trick Satan ever pulled? I was, so I remember the movie that I watched with Kevin Spacey in it, Devil's Advocate. Remember that movie? Devil's Advocate was Al Pacino and Kevin Spacey. And Al Pacino was supposed to be Satan. And he said the greatest trick he ever pulled was to, to convince the world that he didn't exist. That is a big lie. Everybody knows he exists. 
So he's not pulling the trick. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled is to convince the church that they're not an army. Everything that the devil's been doing is to convince us that we're not soldiers. And that is the reason why we have become accustomed to going to the churches with the best entertainment. The biggest screen, the most palatable music, the most number of celebrities, the most beautiful t-shirts. You know, you want to go to the church that has the most number of smoke, the one where you feel, the, you feel good, the best. You understand what I mean? The smoke. Yeah, because if the presence of God is not there, we have to make it up, right? We have to blow smoke in people's faces. And that's the trick that the devil pulled, that we are not an army that we're supposed to be entertained. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled is to convince us that we're not soldiers, so we never wake up one day to fight for what is ours. Because Jesus says, we've given it to you, but the boys who currently have it are not just going to give it up. And Jesus says, as I am in this world, so are you. Jesus had to fight for what he had. The Bible says he went deep down to hell and he fought principalities and powers. The Bible says he spoiled them. What it means to spoil is not just to mess up somebody's makeup. To spoil them means to forcefully take what is in their hands, the spoils of war. He went to battle. And Jesus says, as I am, so are you. If Jesus had to go to battle to get the keys that he gave to you, do you know that you would have to fight to possess the door that that key services? You know when Jesus gave them the key? They knew what he meant, but we didn't. For many years, we thought Jesus gave us everything. Always giving us the key to heaven and hell, to bind and to loose. Are you going to eat that key? A key is supposed to be for gates and for doors. Wake up believers. You need to go find that door and that gate that the key opens and possess that gate and that is called the gates of your enemies. So Jesus fought for the key. You fight for the gate. But we've been told you have the key. That's all you need. So you become the Lord of the Rings, the key ring. You've been swinging all the keys. They're like, why did Jesus come? To give me the key. Okay, the key to what? Uh, I don't know. Do you? I mean, it's the key. I can bind and loose. Okay, let's even say you bound and you loose. Where will you pick up that which you loosed? Because if you lose the blessing, where it's at, Who's going to bring it to you? When the manna fell from heaven, the angels of God were the ones who brought the manna. But God told them, I don't want spoiled children. So they would have to come and get the manna. Because if manna falls today, you know what the modern day Christian will ask God? They'll be like, God, you started well. Who hindered you? You brought the manna. Why don't you just bring it to my table and bake it? That's the microwave, dear Jesus. Just warm it up. That's what we want today. And that is what a lot of the adulterated gospel of grace has been. Wherein we are being told that grace does everything for you. People don't pray and fast anymore because they're like, oh, all that is works. Jesus did it. But the apostles did it too. Have you not read in the Bible, in, in, in Acts of the Apostles chapter 13, the Bible says while they were praying and fasting, <laughs> while they were praying and fasting the Holy Spirit spoke so you're saying oh I can't hear God how well have you fasted anybody that says to you that they cannot hear God ask them have you been fasting and praying can I share a little secret with you 
Jesus said when they told him about the little boy that was possessed with the demon you know that his disciples could not cast him out I mean you would expect that at least they had some leftover power from the miracle crusade of two days before you know Jesus sent them out to go do a crusade and the Bible says they, they healed the sick and many signs were done by the hands of the apostles you, you've heard the story before and you like the way that I tell it I like the way that I tell it because when you read scriptures you may forget you may overlook the fact that they just came back for us from a successful mission trip and so that was the reason why the man who brought his son did not even ask for Jesus because Jesus was on the sabbatical when he sent his disciples there was no record of him doing any miracles he was chilling so the fame the people that were popular that week were the apostles so when the man came from out of town he was looking for the miracle workers he didn't ask for Jesus he probably passed by Jesus and he went to the to the apostles the Bible says and the man brought his son to the disciples so that they can do what he heard that they've been doing they've been healing the sick they've been doing many signs and wonders and he brought the man and they could not cast him out and the Bible says an argument ensued between the disciples and the man but the Bible did not tell us what the argument was in detail so I asked the Holy Spirit I said what was the argument about he said the man said to them that were you not the people and they were like we were he said to them no you can't be because we heard that you've been doing stuff like this and they were trying to convince the man and that makes sense because that's what the church been trying to do we've been trying to convince the world that we have the key and the word is like to what and we've been making all excuses in the name of God but Jesus said bring him to me and when the boy was brought to Jesus Jesus looked at the boy and he wanted to teach them a lesson he knew what was going on but he asked the father of the child how long has this been and the father said since he was born this thing has thrown him in the water and it has thrown him in the fire and Jesus was like okay now we know what we're dealing with we're dealing with a mute spirit a deaf and mute spirit there are some forces in life that have no ears that have no mouth so that is the reason why you're going through some situations that you have been praying about and there's not been action there's been no movement there are some mountains you know Jesus says you will speak to this mountain mountains have ears the earth has ears mountains can hear you the Bible says you will speak to this mountain be removed and be planted into the sea the reason why Jesus says be planted into the sea is because when the mountain gets to the sea you will not be there to instruct it to be planted into the sea so that means the mountain has to hear the fullness of its instructions you know many of us have abortive testimonies I just told you the reason why you do most times because you tell the mountain to be removed but you don't tell it to be planted so the mountain goes to the sea and the sea continues to beat against the mountain and the mountain is like you know what you have too much trouble I'm gonna go back where I came from and the mountains come back and that was why Jesus said you will say to this mountain be removed and be planted in the sea because the mountain has an ear so you have prayed to God in the past about your housing situation and God moved because your housing situation has ears but there's a generational curse in your family that you've been praying about and you knew that your mother prayed about it and possibly her mother before her but there's not been any traction the reason is because you're dealing with a spirit that has no ears that does not hear you 
And that was why the Spirit did not hear the disciples. The Spirit was looking at them, not knowing what they were asking it to do. And that was why Jesus says, this is a deaf and a dumb spirit. He doesn't hear all of what you're saying. This spirit only responds to one thing. And that is the combination of prayer and fasting. Because fasting in the spirit is like hands. So when you're calling somebody that cannot hear you and they don't turn around, when you tap them on the shoulder, what do they do? Uh -uh. They turn around. And so Jesus says, it is by fasting and prayer. So the secret that I want to share with you is this. Many of us, because of the cares of life or because of the DNA that we inherited in the churches where we were saved, we have become deaf and we have become dumb. And that's why we don't hear the voice of God. And the Bible says, when they fasted and they prayed, the Holy Spirit spoke. The Holy Spirit speaks all the time. What that means is that they heard the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit speaks all the time? The Bible says the Spirit of God speaks expressly. Because God upholds everything by the word of his power. The moment God stops speaking, everything stops. And so God is speaking all the time. So the reason why you're not hearing him is not because he hasn't spoken or he isn't speaking. It's because you're not listening on the right frequency. And you're not, you haven't learned how to tune out the noise. But in some cases, it's because you are spiritually deaf. And if a demonic spirit that would not respond to the authority of the believers responded to that of Jesus because he had prayed and fasted, then that means even you cannot hear the voice of the spirit if you haven't prayed and fasted. So there you have it. Grace does not fast on your behalf. You're a soldier. Fasting is part of your training. It is the way you exercise yourself. There are some weapons that you have like a bayonet that can stab an enemy that is close to you. But you also need missiles that can just keep some enemies miles away. There are some enemies you don't even want to see them. So you throw a missile to them. You fire a cannonball just to blow them up to smithereens where they are. And the ones that have managed to come close to you, you stab them with a bayonet. And that is what fasting is. Fasting can reach beyond where you're at. And that's why as a believer, you need to exercise yourself in fasting and in praying. You know, one of the things that happened to me yesterday, I was so challenged. I couldn't sleep when I got home. Even though I dozed off a little bit. My wife probably recorded a video of me storing my face off. She does that these days just for her, her own amusement. You know, one day I was looking for something on my wife's phone and I was like, who is this guy? That was me. I was on the kitchen counter. I was leaning back on the stool. My head was hanging up. And I was like, what is that sound? I thought it was an app, but it was me. I was snoring in the key of G. And I saw that there were several of them. I'm like, raise my shoulder. Like, it's just one of those things I like to do these days. I'm like, okay, knock yourself out. But after I woke up from my little slumber, I couldn't sleep because I was having some conversations with the Holy Spirit. I was analyzing what happened to me at the conference. He said, because when I go home, after having encountered God, I don't just go to sleep or go to watch Netflix. I want to break it up. I want to break it down. Because when I go to see my clients and we discuss the situation and I get to my hotel, I don't just throw my computer away and be watching pay-per-view. I look over the notes. But when you encounter the Holy Spirit, the one who is truly your help, you go home and you don't look over what, what he said to you. Like I told you, I've been going to conferences where that was my best conference yet. Let's applaud Jesus for the women of our. So I couldn't sleep because I'm like, we need to sort certain things out. 
Because as soon as I stepped into that place, I spoke in tongues till I came back home. Unless I was talking to people. When I wasn't talking to people, I was praying in the spirit. And I'm like, man, I thought I was even going to come here and just have a good time. Because I wasn't preaching. I was there. Free coffee. Free conference. Free gift. It's just that when I tried to take one of the bags home, I realized quickly that the bracelets were for, was for women. And I'm like, even though I live in Atlanta, I would not be like the men of Atlanta in some places. Not all the men, just some places, okay? So I'm, a, I'm not going to wear that bracelet. But at the end of the day, I came home and I'm like, okay, I was just going there just to like, my wife was like, I just want you to pray at, at ministry time. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. But then here I am praying in tongues like I was at war. The first thing the Holy Spirit said to me, he says, you know, your wife's been praying. He says, so this conference, we, have, we started this conference at a particular prayer level. And so in order for you to be truly a part of the conference, to function in that conference on behalf of heaven, not just a recipient, you must be at that prayer level. And I'm like, oh, snap. So that I got the message that I need to pray more. And let me tell you something. If, if you knew me, you would say that I pray all the time. Because I do pray all the time. But now that I got to that conference yesterday and I had that experience, I'm like, okay, so God is inviting me to come up higher. Because even me, to be able to stand in that place yesterday as a minister, I needed to oscillate faster than when I came in. And that was what was going on. I was like, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit, I got the message. But what about where I stood? Because I stood kind of like in the middle of the aisle. And I was there with my eyes closed. And whenever I came back into my body, I found myself doing this. Whenever I came back into my body, I found myself doing this. So I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, show me what was happening. Let's do a replay. And we did a replay. And this was how my hands were in the realm of the Spirit. And the walls were pushing in and I was pushing out. And that was the reason why I was doing like this. The Lord said to me, I had you there to keep the portal open for the minister to minister. Because there was a portal that was open in that place yesterday. You think it was a coincidence that such words were coming out that were so direct, that were so clear, that were so expressed? The tangible presence of God in that place yesterday was not the air conditioning unit. Neither was it the wood paneling on the wall. And it was definitely not my Christian Dior perfume. Even though it smelled good. People were like, oh, you smell good. I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you. The presence of God in there yesterday was because there was an open portal. And the reason why the Holy Spirit got me speaking in tongues was because he didn't want me to go stand there trying to keep the portal open when all my bases weren't secure. So my speaking in tongues was tightening the screws everywhere so that as I was being shaken in the spirit, nobody could shake me out. There was warfare going on in that place yesterday. I saw a picture of a snake bite and it was like right on my right thigh and it was gushing out. But immediately there was a vein. I saw a vein that looked like it had hands. It plugged to my neck and replenished me. Plugged the hole and they said to me, soldier, soldier on. And I kept fighting because I knew that there were destinies that were being changed in that place yesterday. And the devil is such a greedy thief. He doesn't want to lose anything that he already has. Jesus told us about Satan. He says, nobody comes into the house of the strong man and takes what's already there without first of all binding the strong man. We are the ones who should charge for our conference. 
because if you know how much prayer goes into that conference and how much warfare is happening at that conference, it was not motivational speaking. Nobody motivated you yesterday. If you felt motivated yesterday, that was in the Harise conference. It was activation, not motivation. There is a difference. I can excite your psyche and send you home to the same depression that has plagued you for yesteryears and for the lack of favor that you've been experiencing. But when I activate you, even you become dangerous in the spirit, making things happen in the name of God. Praise the Lord. For 24 years. Praise the Lord. Yeah. We have to do it. We have to take the testimony. Yeah. That is twice as long as the issue of blood. The issue of blood was for 12 years. 24 years. Let me, speaking about miracles. Remember last week, there was a lady here, Manuelita's mom, who got healed. Her knee had not bent for how long? Was she not able to bend her knee? Problems. Yeah. But, and she's not been able to bend that knee. And she said, she said she can't bend it. I said, but what I see is that you have to bend it. And before she left, she bent it. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, I just let you know what time, just another confirmation of the time that you're in. He says, there are knees that have never bent to the Lord Jesus. He said, but they're about to bend because they will see him. And the Bible says, when he appears on the blue sky, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He's letting us know that we have come very close. Physical miracles are indicators of spiritual realities. We're not supposed to hunger for physical miracles if we're not seeking spiritual insight. Everyone that Jesus healed, Jesus healed. He said because without signs and wonders, they will not believe. He healed them so that he can get their attention. My question to you is, God has already got your attention. So what signs and wonders are you still looking for? Unless you don't truly believe. Because if you truly believe, he says without signs and wonders, they will not believe. The signs and wonders is for them to believe. But we have believers in the world today paying money to go for conferences because somebody says there will be miracles there. And they go there and they show them a film trick and they say, oh, that's awesome. But then it's not a miracle. I have not left, I'm not going to let these people go. I'm going to hound them to the ground because that's where they belong. Everyone who continues to take advantage of my brothers and sisters in the name of Mammon will hear it from me as long as I live. I've lost friends and I'm losing more and it's okay. Somebody reported me to my brother the other day. He said, I am doing ministry dangerously. I'm like, yes, I am. And so should you. Because Jesus did not come here to play it safe. You were not saved to play it safe. You were saved so that you know that now you don't have to play it safe. I tell people the kind of soldiers that you need to be is a soldier that is already dead. When you see a dead man fighting, he's not afraid to die. He will fight with everything that is God because he's got nothing to lose. When Jesus was going to the cross, who were the first people he told? He told his disciples that he was going to cross to the cross. And Peter was like, you ain't going nowhere. We're not about to lose you. And Jesus saw that they were still afraid for their lives. He says, get thee behind me, O Satan. And the Bible says Jesus left them. Jesus left them. And what did he go to do? He went to recruit for himself dead soldiers. He told his disciples, he says, let us go to Jerusalem where the unbelievers are waiting to catch the son of man, to persecute him and to crucify him. And Peter was like, bro, bro don't say that. 
And he called him a Satan. He said, because anybody that opposes you from fulfilling your destiny is a Satan. The word Satan means opposition or adversary. And so because some people are telling you, ah, oh, man, like they were telling Matthew, oh, you can't go to India now because it's locked down. It's not safe to go. In fact, some of the people that were of his family, and he said to them, he says, that is the more reason why I need to go. You understand what I mean? And anybody that is trying to stop you from fulfilling destiny. So what did Jesus do? Jesus went to find himself soldiers that once lived and died and are now living again because Jesus knew that those ones will encourage him. So what did he do? The next couple of verses, what did you find? Jesus was standing with two of those soldiers. Moses and Elijah were standing next to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration simply because Peter, James, and John, they disappointed him. That was why he took them to the Mount of Transfiguration so that they can see what a soldier looks like. He says, these ones, look at them. They have nothing to lose. They've already died. And that is the reason why you and I need to be like those soldiers already crucified with Christ. So that, that you, see, you heard what Paul said. Paul said, I've already been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. I am not afraid to die. He said, because to be what? To be with, to, to how did he say it? He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said, because the moment I die, heaven gains another soldier that will never die again. And that is the reason why I'm not afraid. All those people that are trying to rake money, I am here to rake souls. We're not in the same kingdom. We may look the same. We might be using the same kind of microphone. We may be using the same kind of hand gestures and cracking similar jokes, but I am not of their camp. And I make it known because I am not for mammon. And mammon is not for me, but God is for me and I am for him. And so I want you to tell them when you see them. The next time they pay for a conference, tell them, you know they're scamming you, right? <laughs> Just tell them. You have the authority by God to call out the evil ones. The Bible says the evil ones amongst you, put them out so that they do not put a stain on your love feast. And that's what we've been doing. We've been too nice. We've been accommodating of every Tom, Dick, and Harry. And that is the reason why they've been taking advantage of us. But we can't do that anymore because the truth of the word of God says, buy the truth and sell it not. Freely have you received, therefore freely gave. How was the tabernacle built? People gave freely. Nobody was taxed. The Bible says that every man give as he has proposed in his heart. Not grudgingly, nor of necessity. The moment I put a price on a conference, that means it is necessary for you to pay that amount for you to come in. Am I not asking you to give out of necessity? That is contrary to the word of God. But in any case, I can't tell you all of it in one Sunday because I don't want you to be overly burdened by this battle cry. But then at the same time, I want you to dear God. And what I mean by dear God is this. Dare to do the things that he says. Dare to believe his word. And you now begin to see the world in a different light. And then you begin to hear what God is saying. Men are constantly trying to recruit you for Satan. But I have come to remind you that you are God's. You belong to God. You are God's own children. Servants of the cross. If you want to be his friend, you have to first of all be his servant. It is in the place of servanthood that he tests your heart. Because if you don't keep his commandment, he can't call you friend. Because a friend is supposed to love at all times. So if Jesus is going to bank on you as a friend, you have to first of all exhibit, or you have to first of all demonstrate to him that you can be your servant. And that is the reason why every Christian should live as a slave to righteousness.
as a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means I only do what he says. If he doesn't say it, I don't do it. So it doesn't matter what the world is dictating to me. I am not their slave. But the truth of the matter is you were designed to be somebody's slave. So if you're not a slave to righteousness, the world is going to get you to go and fetch them water and you won't even drink out of it. Thank you for tuning in and we pray this podcast has blessed you today. For more information about this church, check out www.communion.house. That's www.communion.house. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Communion House. Hungry for more life-giving content? Head over to Communion House on YouTube for a full catalogue, live and on demand. We're honoured to have your audience. Wherever you're tuning in from, thank you and God bless you today.